Welcome to the Damn Good Marketing Podcast Season 3. We're asking the big questions this time around. Join us and find out what we're talking about. Well, you know, this is my favorite time of every four years. One of us <laughs> enjoys the Cricket World Cup quite a lot. <laughs> it's a fun time and uh, it's in India, so you don't have to watch it at odd times also. That helps. Uh, but it's got me curious. I saw one video circulating about the event anthem, right? There's a song video and then you see different brands trying to capitalize on the event and some are sponsors some aren't so lucky so they try and use other ways to associate um, and somehow there's a feeling that like how does someone make it all come together because there's so many bits and pieces for what is essentially for me one big event slash brand which is the ICC World Cup in some ways it's almost a very public ip nobody can own it fully also in fact a lot of interesting campaigns we saw around the world cup a lot of the good campaigns the muscle behind you know the marketing really came i think from the brands other brands themselves like i remember pepsi having a huge uh, role to play in back in the 90s um, and i think the celebrity of the players also right like sachin at that time was one of a kind in some ways and you know every time he came out onto the pitch there was something to be said in that context the interesting thing that you brought out about sachin etc that i just realized there's one more entity who's kind of putting this brand out there because earlier i didn't have access to sachin but today for example after the every match there's virat posting his own pics There's KL Rahul posting his pics. They're doing video interviews. They're talking mm-hmm. about how the match went, and they're giving me like insider tidbits. What were we yeah, talking yeah. to each other about on the pitch? What you know? But I didn't have access to all of this when you know in Sachin's heyday. It was you watched the match on TV or you saw the you know the in the paper the next day. And then so, you never saw him again until the next match, right? right? So, right. in fact, it's interesting in Guy Kawasaki's remarkable people. Uh, there's uh, uh, the guest there makes a case for saying the reason creators have had a boom is because celebrity is more accessible now, uh, right? And I, I was also just thinking, like, then what happens to the brand, right? Because the same Sachin who walked out with the trophy didn't really make the front page. Like, where is the cricket fever? You know what's happening. apparently it's not happening and it just kind of reminds me of how difficult it is especially in a country like india to be the custodian of a brand if i could call it that because we see so many interesting cases anecdotes of you know how branding can be misunderstood <laughs> so yeah not an easy job and i hope you know outside of all the niggles that have also been part of the world cup this year like the marketing push really does kick in because usually even someone like me who's not at all a cricket fan at this time of year or at this time of four years i can't help but listen to something and i know what's going on but this time i'm not mm. yeah because it's also uh, a lot of the consumption is a lot more private right like we are watching on our phone so for example someone mm. in your house could very well be following it on an app or you know watching on their phones and you are not even aware of that yeah it's, yeah but yeah it's a challenge i'm sure right for folks like you on the branding side 
when you work with clients who have such a large let's say sphere of influence and hmm, so many hmm, things hmm. who could yeah. who could also be projecting your brand true and in fact as we are heading into the dashera diwali christmas festive mm-hmm. season there are there's a lot riding on you know the festive period this year right so the three years of the pandemic you could say no because of that people are not spending or you know the festive mm-hmm. spirit is a bit dampened even last year you could get away with it because you know people are just recovering and everything is we don't know how to be normal anymore but this year what excuse do you have mm-hmm. and the fact is that it's quite interesting because social media and the memes that we see on social media are usually a good indicator of how people are thinking right and some interesting conversations around you know like in the past if someone was being stupid then the meme would go i hope they don't reproduce like that was the you know but now when a similar context is presented the meme goes i hope climate change takes them <laughs> right and it's interesting because you suddenly realize what is top of mind for a lot of people people are yeah. questioning their own consumption patterns and you know proof of what's happening around us is very clear and present in general i feel like when you're setting a budget you know and budgets are usually still quite old school right like you do the same themes and decors and offers and discounts and winner coin and you know so many different ways of doing the same thing but unfortunately in india brand is still a very nascent idea despite us having seen experienced so many brands ourselves celebrities are a brand uh, a lot of homespun like you know uh, coming home to crm so it's not that we don't know how brands work it's just the scientific thinking around it is probably still a little new and nascent which is where i find the gap arises really i think the core question that a lot of brand managers ideally who should be part of the system should be asking is what is this going to mean in terms of long term impact right yeah. today i may spend an x amount of money i might recover from it but once i put myself out there in a certain way and that is not received well enough the long term ramification of that event are going to be very unpleasant today everything is very short lived because like look at us when we start talking of brands and lasting brands actually we can end up going back to the amuls and the bajajes yeah. of the 80s right we're not thinking of something very recent yeah. even like you know a tanishk or uh, you know a wild craft or so many brands which have established themselves but they all seem a little more fleeting in our minds because mm-hmm. there are so many ways to consume it, it make probably makes the, the job of that brand custodian even harder because you always want to i'm wondering like i do you create for the moment and say hey i don't mm-hmm. expect to be remembered 20 years from now okay i'm only aiming for you know like the, the current 3 year buzz around something mm-hmm. yeah no the only downside of that kind of thinking is that brands as an emotional asset have their own value like if we were to take some of the largest global brands today maybe half of their valuation actually comes from their revenue the other half is in the perceived value which is what the brand is right and perceived value allows you to sell other stuff tomorrow 
like the reason why even apple holds us hostage for icloud memory or you know tries to make me subscribe to apple tv but also rent movies that i want to watch additionally the reason i am not still fully detached from that ecosystem is because there is a perceived value in saying when apple does something they do it well so let me you know this seems like a small price to pay for experiencing that quality of delivery right which is the reason why sometimes when apple products conk it's an emotional feeling and you know exactly how emotional <laughs> because we weren't expecting them to give up on us right and that's yeah. the reason why you know today the iphone 15 it costs a lakh and a half but the fact is that finally the perceived value of brand apple still to this day despite uh-huh. them pulling all or rather i would say the reason they can get away with so many things is because the perceived value is one of quality and innovation right mm-hmm. so and that's a clear example of how you can charge people for something that's not even real right so so it's not that i can say okay i can't or i'm okay to not think long term in terms of my brand everybody should be thinking long term in terms of their brand and interestingly the moment you start thinking long term a lot of the knee jerk you know reactions and responses they will start quickly fading away right yeah. uh, in fact subha we've spoken about this before and you've been a victim more recently as well in terms of how much brands communicate with customers yeah right? yeah tell okay. me about it uh, way too much right? <laughs> way too much is the answer so where is that need to constantly say ten things coming from i think it's coming from not knowing what is the one thing that you need to say and you would know that if you knew who you were as a brand mm-hmm. yeah i think you're right that's what it really comes down to and i think every brand needs someone saying hey this is what we are and this is what we definitely aren't and i mean we've talked about ads even on this podcast saying who approved that like why is that yeah. out there yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and honestly there have been instances where there have been 20 people in the room including us and nobody has been able to say this is a bad idea hmm. right it also comes down to what what is the pain point of the person who or the indi- group of individuals who are trying to solve for that problem right hmm. like we were talking about the aftermath of a pandemic if we were to take retail as one category in that context see we've quickly followed it up with inflation we followed it up with global catastrophes war you know it, it's not exactly a pleasant time to be on planet earth if i could put it that way like the optimistic consumerism of the 90s and the early 2000s suddenly the internet is here and you're discovering bonium for the first time that's not the environment in which we are you know operating today so in that environment why would people not buy i think it it starts to seem a little more obvious right like no longer can i say if you bought for this much then you win this reward hmm. because they are not in that headspace right if hmm. the reward was really that important to them they'd just buy the, that damn thing like they would not be you know it's not a fun experience right uh, festivals have now become more about spending time with family with loved ones you know small group events and environments and certain things stay yeah like it's not you know just because covid is over and no one's wearing a mask doesn't mean suddenly everyone wants to hang out with 2000 other people in a closed room that's not happening yeah. yeah right so the things that get us excited are very different today mm-hmm. 
So once we work with that insight, and there's an interesting podcast called Sweathead. It's they call themselves a strategy podcast. That's all they talk about. And in one context, he says, if you're going to write a creative brief, then the longest amount of time you should spend is by dwelling on the problem. If you have sat with the problem for long enough, that's where the insight comes from. And if you really kind of work backward, how many brands are really, or even how many individuals are able to take that kind of time to say, I need a week just to explore this problem statement. Yeah. No, and that is so powerful. And I think also this uh, drive of what can I put out there, right? There's, yeah. It's all just so, you know, reactive or you're, you're desperate to not miss an opportunity, not miss that, oh, you know, I my viewership peaks on Tuesday afternoon. So Tuesday morning, whatever I can think of, <laughs> let me just put out there. But there's an interesting way to think about this also as an ecosystem of you know, different stakeholders, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were to think of a brand as a person who knows or who interacts with a bunch of different people or groups of people, right? Then obviously there is the customer, but there's also your employees, your investors, vendor partners. There's also, I would go so far as to say an ecosystem of future employees, uh, or future stakeholders, right? I think it's important to qualify what these relationships are to each other, right? Yeah. For example, when a brand interacts with a vendor, the priority could be being seen as a good place to work with. Yeah. Another priority could be being seen as an easy company to you know process invoices and procurement and whatever else, right? Likewise, and that happens with the vendor side as well. So these two things matter, right? So social standing, reputation, as well as ease of doing business. If we see these as the main pillars, these very same pillars would not apply to maybe a different stakeholder, like an employee, yeah. right? An employee is looking for a place where they can grow, where they can, you know, build their own individual career while also contributing to a bigger vision. So... Mm -hmm. And I think we all do this as people in our lives, right? Like our relationships with each other are very different based on how did we meet and what was the context and what kinds of conversations. So really what a brand custodian can do is to start asking the questions around what is this relationship qualitatively like? Hmm. Then you know, like, is this on brand? Is this off brand? You know, it's almost like a relationship with a friend, right? Like there are certain things you might not say because you know that friend is sensitive to, you know. Correct. It's exactly and the same thing. You're right. That's interesting, the friend analogy, because there is also times when, you know, I don't know, like kind of those outside the, the changing room moments where oh. you say, hey, that's not your look or that's yeah, correct. not on brand for you. Right. Yeah. So what are the challenges that you face? I mean, I'm sure you're in the room often with brand custodians. What are the, you know, maybe the top, they may be your pet peeves also. But <laughs> what are those two, three things that you sometimes find they're consistently or often not doing optimally and what could they maybe do differently? Hmm. I think we're not receptive to the idea of what a brand really means. It's too abstract. And in fact, unfortunately, we've made it worse by introducing things like brand archetypes and things like you're the hunter, I'm the shadow and what, like, you know, yeah. like, 
finally i think what we are all trying to do is to capture something that cannot be captured in a bottle it's like saying this entirety of the human will be defined by an mbti right like it's yeah. not going to happen it's going to highlight one aspect of who they are right yeah. and even in the again in the closest of relationships you only still know one or two aspects of the human being so yeah. to remove that blindness really not a lot of business leaders owners are very willing we yeah. see a lack of willingness and unfortunately the way it translates is into those knee jerk reactions right so you built a nice brand system and the only tangible thing in that entire brand system is actually your logo so you start mm-hmm. fiddling with the logo but really i mean how significant is a logo if the brand itself doesn't have any recall right so mm-hmm. sometimes you really need to take a step back and say why am i even doing this quantum of work mm-hmm. if i'm going to go in for a rebranding and we've seen this happen where people have rebranded and then just gone to town with the new colors with the new logo but the cohesion in terms of why have we rebranded nobody understands the customer doesn't understand the vendor doesn't understand and interestingly the biggest gap that i find is somehow you do all these things but you don't communicate with your vendor ecosystem and with your internal employee ecosystem you don't do it you just shove it down their throats and you hope that they'll get it which i find it's very fascinating to me that you wouldn't take the time to just write because what happens then right say you have five logos each employee will start using a different logo because their mandate just said update your email signature to your new logo that's all they don't know which logo by logo right <laughs> so true there are times when you're interacting with a certain organization and hence multiple people in that organization and you get such different types of email somebody has like some 20 links in their signature and making you go to everything that's happening on their website <laughs> and, yeah. you know uh, and some have nothing and so there's that cohesion is not there though they've all probably been given that one email which says this is the brand collateral right right <laughs> and then do whatever you want with it because i don't know what to do with it so that really not so much of a pet peeve but it really hurts to see what is essentially a very beautiful science kind of butchered like that right like mm-hmm. i mean here is an opportunity to essentially craft something from scratch where yeah. it existed very few instances where i've seen people understand the value of you know building something and building it consistently doing it well Uh, mm-hmm. and it always surprises me like if you ask them why is it that you wh- why is it this exercise important to you usually it comes down to legacy you know like hey we built this over 20 years so there's an emotional attachment so i think more and more in businesses that emotional quantification is important and it's like you said earlier right like if the data tells me tuesday afternoon is important then i am fe- feeling that knee jerk necessity to go say something on a tuesday afternoon versus just feeling that emotional connection with some of these things and seeing them as a bigger personality exercise yeah yeah, yeah. no and i think that piece is so important that uh, the brand is not just your ads and what you're putting uh, on social and what your uh, brochure looks like it's the experience that i am left with as a yeah. consumer end of the day right like uh, Absolutely. the the jewelry brand that uh, i was talking to you about this is a you know one of the large brands and their own online jewelry right and but i we happen to walk into a retail outlet 
Now, hmm, I get hmm. that if you're online, then you're expected to sign in, create an account, do all of that and, you know, get some coupon code, apply it, everything. Now, in the retail store, after you have spent some amount of time picking out something, they, you know, the sales guy had to take another, and I'm not kidding you, another 30 to 40 minutes to set up you know, my customer profile on his tablet, on his <laughs> machine. I had to download the app. The Wi-Fi was poor. Uh, you know, then I had to create an account. He had to go and actually like as though he's purchasing, he had to add to cart and, you know, go through uh, so much of pain. Now, in the retail store, you can't expect me to behave like I would have done from the comfort of my couch. And you we're know, calling it the omni-channel experience and we're all getting yeah. very excited about it also. Yeah. But it was yeah. such a pathetic experience. And then after 10 minutes I of, you know, getting into the car, I opened my phone and I kid you not, there were 12 emails from the brand. Yeah. <laughs> of each stage of this process for which I was physically present. I know it happened. <laughs> that's the worst manager question. No, really, I think a lot of brand work is research work. Right. And I think sometimes we don't do it well enough because we all seem to be in such a hurry to just get from point A to point B. I would say 50, 60% of your time as a brand team, it should not be spent in interacting with people. In fact, the appeal of the industry to me in the first place was the amount of quiet time you're supposedly going to get. Right. Like imagine a team. And especially this brand is large enough to be able to afford that. A team of people just traveling these stores, understanding where the gaps are, you know, because you have to understand in a country like India, even internet is not a steady state, right? right? And if uh, the shop happens to be in the lower basement, then you better believe nothing is downloading or uploading from there, right? So the reason they're not catching this is because they are sitting and writing the brief for the next marketing campaign and the next this thing. So really, please, marketing and branding are not the same thing. They are like very separate functions, you know, and I think we could all benefit from, I think, thinking in those terms as well. Yeah, no, very true. And finally, you know, all of that effort under that umbrella of marketing, branding, and just owning your brand comes to naught if it doesn't tie in well for the customer. Hmm, exactly. And knowing that customers often give us a very simple positioning in their heads, right? And this applies to even like one person, two people, companies and brands. They have already made up their mind as to who we are in their minds. Hmm. Our job is simply to understand why. And if it's a good positioning, you strengthen it. If it's not a good positioning, then you have a lot of work ahead of you. (laughs) You know, this thing to shift Hmm. the human cognition, but... Uh-huh. That's literally all there is to it, right? Like if you, if I think of decathlon, it's like for me, uh-huh. I, I have to buy swimwear in bulk. So, you know, it's cheaper to do it in decathlon and the product lasts. Yeah. That's all. And that's an interesting point you make because I think slowly over a period of time, it's not cheaper also. <laughs> that but, is true. <laughs> but in our mind. In my yeah. mind, it's still a cheaper alternative to other brands that I will now not visit because I have decided decathlon is cheaper. Right. And because if I'm in this, in if I'm experiencing this brand as like this huge warehouse, feels almost like a wholesale purchase rather than a retail. Yeah. Then it's got to be cheaper, right? Like I'm <laughs> yeah. literally buying the dal from the sack and not in yeah. individual. Yeah, or packages. maybe even that visual effect is engineering your mind into thinking that yeah. it could be right. I do hope that a lot more brands invest in the concept of brand. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Damn Good Marketing Podcast. We're so glad to have you here. If you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed making it, please hit subscribe, follow, whatever is that big shiny CTA you see on whichever podcast platform you're listening to on right now. It would mean so much to us. See you next time.